Welcome to the Hope Unlimited Church Podcast. We are so honored to connect with you, and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. All right, grab your Bible. Let's go to uh, the book of Genesis, chapter number two, the book of Genesis, chapter number two. And uh, Brandon, if you're there, are you up there, brother? Can you turn me up in the uh, monitors down here just a little bit? I would be very appreciative. Thank you. Genesis chapter number two. I'm going to read a couple of verses to you. We'll jump into this. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I don't have a, uh, I don't have a sermon prepared for you. But I do have a word prepared for you. And uh, if I had my guess, we've heard plenty of sermons over the course of our life. And I don't want to preach just another sermon. I want to give you a word this morning. And uh, this has been burning in me for weeks. So Genesis chapter number two, I'm going to start reading with verse number four. It shouldn't take you long to find Genesis chapter number two. If you're over in Ruth, just close your Bible, read it from the top. It's fine. Genesis chapter number two, verse number four. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, And there was not a man to till the ground. Watch that. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth. Look at verse 5. Every plant of the field before it was in the earth, every herb of the field before it grew. Everybody say before. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. And there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Man became a living soul. Watch verse 8. And the Lord God planted a garden. He planted a garden eastward in Eden. And watch there. Everybody say there. You got to say it with some fire in your bones. Say there. And there he put the man whom he had made. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that's pleasant to the sight, good for food, the tree of life, and also the tree of knowledge. Jump back up to verse 8 for me. And the Lord God planted a garden, planted a garden, eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Jump down to verse number 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. And all the singles said, amen. And it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him or suitable for him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. Whatsoever called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the fowl of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a help meet for him. Verse 18 again, the Lord said, it's not good that man should be alone. I'm going to make him a helper. And you know the rest of the story. Now, I... uh, I, I would venture to guess that I'm not alone in this, but me and my wife, we, we love, we binge watch the show Fixer Upper. Anybody, anybody love Chip and Joe? 
ship is my spirit animal. We love Fixer Upper. We love everything about it. We love watching it. But I get a little frustrated whenever I watch it because I can't do that. I, you know, they'll go into these houses. You have you ever have you ever stopped to take note of the houses before they fix them up? Somebody at one point in their life thought that was a good idea. Did you really think unicorn and dinosaur wallpaper in the kitchen was like really great? Did you really think? There's some of those houses I'm like, I know they sold meth out of that house. They had to. (laughs) Dear God, how did somebody live in that thing? And then they will go in and they'll say, yeah, we're going to do this, that, and the other. I'm like, how do you see that? How do you see that? They They have this gift called vision. Meaning, they can look in the face of what is, but see behind it and see what could be. And I get frustrated when I watch that show because I wish I could do that with houses. I wish I could go in and say I could paint this, move that, do this, and then it looks like this. I can't do that at all. But what I can do is I can take a city called Knoxville and I can look at what is and I can push it out of the way and I can stand up and prophesy this is what it could be. Oh, glory to God. If we could just find a church that would start living according to the kingdom and start imposing the kingdom in a city let's take away what is and this is what could be somebody shout hallelujah I've not given up on Knox I'm not going to believe the lie that we're going to have five million churches on every block and none of them believe in the Holy Ghost anymore and none of them believe in the power of God anymore where I come against that in Jesus name we're going to build a church that doesn't look like the culture we're going to build a church that looks like the kingdom of God can I get a witness from somebody I don't want to go to a church where somebody tickles my ears for 20 minutes and tells me three jokes and a poem and reads an email and zips up their Bible and sends me home I want somebody that'll get in my face and challenge me I want somebody that'll break out the sword and say this is right this is the way walk in it I've been dreaming this week, man, of what could be. Oh, hallelujah. I've been dreaming this week of what could be. I'm driving through the streets thinking we don't need another church. Dear God, we don't need another church. What we need is we need a move of the Spirit of God. I don't care who gets elected mayor. I don't care who's the superintendent of the Board of Education. We need a move of the Holy Ghost. And it's been interesting because since I've been here, I get a lot of this reaction. When you come and you preach hard, people are like, calm all the way down. I'm not going to calm all the way down, right? Because our country clubs that we call churches is not setting people free. We tell people, come here and you will find your purpose. Jesus did not die to make you a greeter. Jesus did not die just to make you an usher. Now we need you to be a greeter and we need you to be an usher. But what we really need is a house that will stir up the fire of God in a city and watch God move from West Knoxville to East Knoxville, from North Knoxville to South Knoxville. Can anybody have that vision and see that with me? We don't need another church. 
we got ready to launch this church, we were having interest meetings because that's what I was told to have. And they were fun. And we got to eat some ice cream and some pizza. But when I would get up and I I would share the vision, it wasn't my vision. I would just share everything I was told to say. See, this this is my challenge as a leader. I don't know, because I know there's a lot of first-time guests in here. I don't know how hard to push and how fast to push because I want you to come back. Okay, but I don't want you to come back because it's in a theater. I want you to come back because you believe you're going to hear a word from God. So I'm trying to figure out how far, how fast. And I'll probably go home after that day and say, well, there goes half of them. Right. But I, I got up in our interest meetings and I said everything that I was told to say by all the people that were telling me how to plant right. And I was saying all of the stuff and I had all of the cliches and I had all of the all of the 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 T's crossed and the I's dotted. And you got to tell them this and then you got to tell them that. And when you plan a church, don't ever talk about money because they're going to think it's just about money and they're going to get offended and leave. And then don't preach on sin. I mean, if you even say the word holiness in church today, people view you about two steps above a caveman. Right. When you start talking about the Holy Ghost. That's the thing that we do where nobody else sees. We must not let him get too out of control. We must put him in the back room somewhere. And so I remember getting up in our interest meetings and I was saying all of the, I was being a little parrot saying all the stuff that they told me to say, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And I cannot tell you how many people from this city came up to me. Some of them are still in this room. They came up to me and they said, dear God, please tell us you're not going to plant just another church that looks like everybody else's church. Please tell us that you're not just going to come in and plug in the formula and try to grow and try to get it, keep everybody happy. Please tell us that somebody's going to come to this city with a word from God and the touch of the Holy Ghost that's going to say, you can still be set free and delivered. You don't have to live your life coping with your issue. You can live your life completely free from your issue. I'm not talking about what is. I'm talking about what I see coming. And so when I look at our when I look at our church, it's interesting because when I look at our church, I see where where we are, and then I see where I know in my spirit, in my heart, where we're going, and we're not there yet. And in between what is and what could be, I'm having to create culture. I'm having to I'm having to change mindsets. I'm having to I'm having to reteach. I'm having to to teach people not the ways of Knoxville. I'm having to teach people the ways of the kingdom. I'm not trying to teach us the ways of the American church. I'm trying to teach us the ways of the kingdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They will even tell you now when you get ready to plant a church, start holding focus groups and meet with people and then ask them, what do you like and what do you not like about church? And whatever they say, if they say they don't like it about church, make sure that you don't do any of that. So if they don't like it when the worship leader says, everybody lift your hands and press in, well, dear God, don't do that because God forbid we make a demand on somebody's walk. Jesus, hallelujah. It is not my job. It's not, it's not just my job to counsel you when you're hurting and send you some flowers in the hospital. It is also our job to make a demand on your walk with God. 
to say there's a deeper level that God's inviting you to. And if you will say yes to it, he could blow your mind. This life, God is not supposed to be an accessory that we attach to our already busy life. Your entire world could be flipped upside down when you really get set on fire by the glory and the presence of God. Amen. Sermon number two. So I, I, I'm, in this, I'm in this wrestling match between what is and, and what could be and, and what is and what's going to be. And uh, I'm, I'm committed. I'm the most impatient person you'll ever meet, but I'm committed to the patience that it takes to disciple people. But this morning, I'm not here to preach a message. I'm here to recruit. I'm here to recruit some people that will say, you know what? I see where we're going. I believe Knoxville needs baptized in the fire of the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to jump in here and I'm going to help you push. Can I, is there anybody with me? I don't need everybody. I just need a handful of people that says, I believe Knoxville needs a touch of the Holy Ghost. If that's where we're going, man of God, then I'm behind you. Let's go. In between what is and, and what could be. And so I'm trying to, I'm trying to not kill everybody in the in-between. Right. I'm not. I'm, I'm trying to uh, trying to gently and lovingly push. Right. I don't know where we got this idea that that Jesus is unoffensive. Jesus is the most offensive man that's ever walked the planet. Eat my flesh, drink my blood, or get out of my face. They don't. They tell you in the church growth conference. Don't say. Jesus, I want to follow you, but my father died. Let the dead bury the dead. Church growth, church growth principle number two. Don't say that one. Right? Come out from among them and be ye separate. Because wide is the gate that leads to destruction, but narrow is the way that leads to life. Church growth principle number three. Don't say that one. If your right hand offends you, cut it off. Church growth, church growth principle number So we're in between what is and what could be. And I read, this, I read this text about Adam. And I see that God said, I created the earth, but the earth hadn't sprung up yet. And it hasn't brought forth fruit yet because it hasn't rained yet. Because you don't get fruit without rain. And I've not allowed it to rain yet because there's not a man yet to tend the ground. This is what God's saying. I'm not going to send something that you cannot manage. I've got to have a man that can manage it before I send it. Because harvest comes with problems. Right? I'm going to do everything in my power to keep this church from becoming a holy huddle. Right? I'm going to do everything in my power to keep our eyes focused not on us but on them. Because he won't send it unless we can manage it. And so God creates man, forms him from the dust of the ground, breathes to his nostrils, the breath of life, man becomes a living soul. Now watch, your Bible says, and then God planted a garden. It did not say God grew a garden. It said God planted a garden. And then he put Adam there. Everybody say there. Come on, you got to say it with some fire. Say there. 
You know why, you know why I'm always challenging this church to respond? Do you know why I'm always challenging this church to, to, to press in, to get engaged? I want to see, I want that, that woman with the issue of blood faith where you're pressing through the crowd and getting aggressive. Why? Because I believe that's the way of the kingdom. I think for too long in church, we sit silently and we sit around bored and complacent and then we expect the, the ceiling to peel off and a glory bomb to drop. We have to draw near to him before he draws near to us. All right. So it does not say that God grew a garden. It says that God planted a garden and then he put Adam there. Could you imagine how disappointed Adam was probably when he got to what God called a garden? And he didn't see any fruit trees. He didn't see any peonies or rose bushes. You know what Adam saw? Dirt with hidden seed in it. Oh, glory to God. And God looked at him and said, you're there. And God said, you're in the garden. You're there. It's like Dumb and Dumber. We're there. We're there. Do you have enough faith to look at dirt and call it a garden? Do you have enough faith to look at what is in our city and say, I still see a garden? I still see a move of God because I still believe there's some seed in the ground and now we just need some men and women that'll work to pull it up out of the ground we are there you are not in Knoxville because this is where you were born and raised you are not in Knoxville because this is where your job relocated you you are in Knoxville because there's a seed in the ground that you've been assigned to and that I've been assigned to and now God say I put you there and now I want to see you get some dirt up under your fingernails and start pulling it up out of the ground because you are you're there I, I told people before they came that I had a bunch of people move with me to, to come up here and plant this church. And I told them before they came, I said, listen, don't you come because you like my preaching. Don't you come because you love me and my family. You come because God told you to come because you're going to get there and you're going to think I'm there. And it's going to feel like there. You ever had God do that to you? Get so excited about getting there. And it's like there is really there. Huh? Am I talking right? Come on, somebody. I thought I was going to be there. But really, I'm there. Do you have the faith that when you're there, you still believe I'm there? Do you have the faith to look at dirt and believe there's some seed up under the ground that I don't see? And that if I will start working it, something will start coming out of this ground. If I'll start praying, something will start coming out of this ground. If I'll start going after God on Sunday morning service, maybe the person sitting on my row who is suicidal and they're a first-time guest and I don't know them, maybe they'll get delivered and set free. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, maybe I gotta get, maybe I gotta put my shovel in the dirt and maybe I gotta start working some stuff. Maybe I need to get some weeds out of my life because I'm there and God said it was a garden and and it doesn't look like a garden all the time. It doesn't look like a garden all the time. But faith says, this is it. I'm there.
because the faith, listen to me good. The, this, is, this is a kingdom principle I want to deposit in the heart of every Christian in Knoxville. The faith to step out is useless without the faithfulness to stick it out. The faith to step out is useless without the faithfulness to stick it out. Right? We love to talk about stepping out. Going to go plant a church. Hey, that's, that's, the, that's the sexy thing to do today. I'm sorry for the word sexy. Just a sexy thing to do today is go plant a church and everybody's planting churches and everybody's all excited and glory be to God. And, and they're, not picking, they're not picking cities based upon where God told them to go. They're picking cities based upon where they want to live. If that were the case, Bora Bora needs a church. And I feel the call. Preach in, in swimming trunks and barefoot every Sunday because I'm just dreaming about it in Jesus' name. Because it's, it's exciting to talk about stepping out. Oh, we're going to do it. Oh, we're going to go plant this church. Oh, glory to God, we're going to do it. Pastor Case, he's from the ramp, and the ramp, Holy Ghost, and we're going to go, and it's going to be just like the ramp. And it's, what you don't understand, the ramp was 15 years in the making. You're getting to see the fruit. You didn't see the seed. I was there in the seed days. I was there in the days where if this many people showed up to a ramp event, we'd have thought we were in revival. Yeah. Right now, 4,000, 5,000, 8,000 showing up, and everybody's like, oh, look at God, look at God. Yeah, look at God. We had to believe it was a garden. We had to believe that was coming back then. Right, absolutely. And we had to prepare for that then. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm already 10 years ahead in my mind of where we're going. And I'm trying to create a church that's ready, not for where we are, but for where we're going. So talking about stepping out, it's exciting. Oh, we're going to go do it all. Oh, we're going to go to Knoxville. And, and y'all don't know where we come from. We're from Hamilton. So we're excited about little things like they got restaurants. The newest restaurant where we came from was Taco Bell. No, no, no. Don't, don't blow past that. See law on that for a second. Taco Bell was what we called economic development. <laughs> and I was so glad when God said, don't go there. <laughs> Leave there. But nobody likes to preach about, everybody likes to preach about stepping out. Nobody likes to preach about sticking it out. Nobody likes to preach about worshiping when it's hard. And pressing in when you're tired. Oh, I could really mess with And coming to church during the summer. I lost another half of you. I'm sorry. Hope you come back. Nobody wants, no, everybody wants to talk about stepping out. Nobody wants to talk about sticking it out. Do you know how much fulfillment and purpose people miss in their life? Because they cannot go get planted somewhere and stick it out. This is what I want to teach. This is one of the things that I want to deposit deeply in the heart of this church and in the heart of this city. That when God calls you to a place, you go and you put down roots. I know I've said it to you and I'm going to keep saying it to you because it is the way of the kingdom. You don't shop for churches based upon who's got the softest donuts. You, you go to a church, you go to a house, you come up under leadership because God told you to connect to that house. 
and you say, I'm going to be here and I'm going to stick it out. And if a hundred people show up, I'm going to pray and I'm going to serve. And when a thousand people start showing up, I'm going to pray and I'm going to serve. And when you don't even call me, I'm going to stick it out and I'm going to pray and I'm going to serve. And when you don't know all my ki- all five of my kids' names, I'm still going to pray and I'm going to serve because I don't want to just step out. I want to say we have a church culture today that flees at the faintest trace of difficulty. Right? And we get offended over the most petty things. Right? When I, I, I grew up, my, my grandmother raised me in church. My grandmother, my great grandmother. They steal. She, one of them does, one of them's passed. They steal. She steal. Not only does she go to the same church. She sits in the same pew. Y'all don't know about that. How do I know it's the same pew? Because she carved her initials in it. I was eight years old walking down looking for grandma's initials. Oh, that's us right here. Let's get. They change churches about every two days. Or they change pastors about every two days. She doesn't care. I'm going to stick it out. God told me to come here. And I'm not leaving until God tells me to leave. And I'll ask her, do you like the pastor? No. What are you doing? God told me to stay here. See, so yeah. American church ain't ready for that kind of, that, the American church ain't ready for that level of faithfulness. I say, what's he been, is, is his preaching good? No. Why are you there? Because that's where God told me to go. And I'm not leaving until God tells me otherwise. Right? You know, what my, you know what my children's church program was growing up? Sitting beside grandma. Dare you to go to sleep. Dare you to go to sleep. That was back in the days where they were not ashamed to pick you up and drag you out down the middle of the, the, the aisle in front of God and everybody. Put you on the front porch of the church. Beat the crap out of you. Sorry if that offended you. Drag you back in. Give you some juicy fruit. Now shut up. How many know what I'm talking about? Huh? We've lost that. We've lost that. God told me to be here and I'm going to be here. And if I get offended, well, that's just, that's just going. If you've not been offended in church yet, just hang around. You haven't been here long enough. Trust me. I've been hurt by the church. Well, join the club. Who cares? The faith to step out is useless without the faithfulness to stick it out. I remember when I was meeting with people in pre-launch to this church, and whenever I hear people that they have everything bad to say about every church in Knoxville because they visited all of them, I pay attention. Because you, you ain't got roots anywhere. And I know, I know if, the, if, 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 if you can't get planted and you can't get rooted when God calls it a garden, but to you it looks like dirt. If you can't get planted and you can't get rooted, I'm just going to be another pastor in your next conversation. Hallelujah. You may tell you what, listen, I don't, I don't, I'm going to say this all the love of my heart. This is what this city needs, this teaching. This is what American church needs. So he puts Adam in the garden and he says, now Adam. Work it. Work it. I almost called this sermon, work, 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 work. But the old people wouldn't know what I was talking about. Huh? Baby, watch me work, 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 work. 
Y'all wait till I preach my shaky moneymaker sermon. You ain't ready for that. <laughs> Glory to God. People miss what God could do in their life. People miss getting to see seed turn into fruit. People miss seeing a desert turn into a garden. Because they can't stick it out. Because they can't stick it out. And then God tells Adam, he says, I put you in this garden. And then I am going to send you help. I'm going to send you help. And when God got ready to send help to Adam... He put Adam to sleep, opened him up, and took help out of him. But in the New Testament, when God gets ready to send us help, he doesn't take help out of us. He puts help on the inside of us. That's why the Holy Ghost is called the Helper. Hallelujah. You want me to tell you how we're going to take this church from where it is to where I see it's going? One way, by the Holy Ghost. Not because we've got the slickest programs or the most money. We're going to do it one way, by the Holy Ghost. I'm not trying to compete with every other church's Instagram. I'm not trying to compete with everybody else's Facebook presence. I'm just trying to find some people that'll say, I'm ready to pray the Holy Ghost down into our city because he is the help somebody shout hallelujah he's the helper I don't want to do this without the Holy Ghost can I get a witness I don't want to do this without the Holy Ghost I don't want to preach without the Holy Ghost I don't want to download my sermons off the internet on Saturday night because I hadn't been with the helper God almighty help me right I don't want to do three little quick little Christian uh, encouragement songs because, ooh, this is what we do. And let's, let's hurry up and make sure we make this as painless as possible. I want to find somebody that wants to go deep. I want to find somebody that says, there's a fire burning in my heart. And I've been waiting my whole life for a church to come to this city that says, I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to baptize you in fire. I've known my whole life there was more to God than just coming to church, drinking some coffee, shaking some hands, and going home. Oh, hallelujah. I don't want my kids to just know the God of the small group. Y'all all right? I don't want my kids just to know the God of the small group. I want my kids to know the Holy Ghost. Huh? I want my kids to know the Holy Ghost. I don't... They don't need to... The stuff they're facing in school... They need the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you what our issue is. We don't want godly kids. We want good kids, but we don't want godly kids. Oh, God Almighty. I'll probably lose the rest of you right here, and I'm so glad you came. I really am. We want kids that make straight A's and don't get pregnant before they get married. But what we don't want is we don't want a kid that'll walk through the living room and say, Dad, why are you watching that? You know that's not... We don't want a kid... We don't want a kid that's praying in their bedroom above our bedroom, keeping us awake at 2 a.m. because the Holy Ghost is moving on them. Oh, we want good kids, but we don't want godly kids. I came to tell you, I want the helper to come and visit our city. Come on and shout. We want good good kids, right? Not godly kids. We don't want kids that are going to come up and say, 
You going to church today? Because I'm going to church. You gonna, if you ain't going to go, you're going to drop me off. Let's be honest. I'm right about it. Huh? I don't want another church. I don't want to pastor another church. We had a great church that we could have stayed at. I want to impose the kingdom. I want to teach people the kingdom. I want to introduce people to the fire of God. Right? I, don't, I don't mean flaky, weird, goofy, crazy foolishness. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the real. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost John the Baptist talked about. That I baptize you with water, but when Jesus comes, see, we love to preach that Jesus is the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. This is a part of Jesus we don't talk about. The Bible also calls him the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. When's the last time you heard a good sermon on the baptism in the Holy Ghost? Huh? When was the last time somebody stood up and told you, there's more? And joining a small group is not the more. And I want you to join groups. I think it's important and crucial to your walk with God. But there's more than that. Oh, God Almighty. Oh, God Almighty. I want, I want somebody that says, I thank you. I, th- I love what God's doing on Sunday mornings. But I got to tell you about what God was doing in me Thursday morning before work. Because the Holy, because the helper, Jesus. Emily, come on. The Holy Ghost is the helper. It's so hope unlimited. This is what I came to tell you out of all that. We're there. We're not where we're going. We're not there yet. But we're there. I believe what I, I know for a fact. I was talking to a dear friend of mine last night, driving him around Knoxville because God's going to speak to him to move up here. They're in the house. And I think I feel a prophetic word coming on to confirm that, whatever. And I was telling him last night, we were driving around. And oh, God, I can't tell you what this city does to me just driving around. Let me tell you something. You could not, you could not get my wife out of the city with a stick of dynamite. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. We're in Paris, not Tennessee, France. And she's talking about, I'm ready to go back home to Knoxville. I'm ready to fight traffic on I-40. I'm ready to waste four days of my life in the kids' drop-off line for school. I was telling my friend last night, driving around, I said, if I know anything, if I know anything, I know this is the city for hope unlimited church. If I know anything in my bones, I know we're there. And it looks like a desert, but God called it a garden. And I'm just crazy enough to believe there's some seed that we don't see. That if a church will come together and start praying and believing and going after God, we would start to see things shoot up out of the ground watch Psalm 133 he said this he said how good and how pleasant it is 
for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the oil that dripped off of Aaron's beard down to the skirts of his garment. Watch this. He said this. He said, because there the Lord commands the blessing. He said, if you can get a group of people to band together after one vision, there I will command a blessing to come on it. I will command a blessing to come on it. Trust me, I am fully aware that what you just had to endure for 35, 40 minutes is the complete wrong thing you're supposed to do to grow a church. I'm aware of that. I'm aware. I'm aware the music's too loud. My right ear's bleeding internally right now. I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> and I believe I, I want the church to grow. I want us to reach as many people as we can. But I don't want to win people to the church. I want to win people to the kingdom. Jesus did not come preaching the gospel of the church. He came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Amen. Stand upon your feet. Oh, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit hopeunlimited.church slash give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.